0: Hello, my name is Rob Edwards, and this is my podcast. Welcome back to one and all, Storycast Rob, episode 22, uh, chapter 12, the new chapter 11 uh, of Written, Blood and Silver uh, is coming up for you today. Marvelous. Um, Now, in the last month, I've been listening to a few other podcasts, so watching some YouTube uh, vlogs and the like. And I realise that one thing that other people who are professional with these things do that I don't do uh, is to announce at the start where you can follow me on the social media thing. Um, I'm still really... Me and social media, we don't really get on very well, but I am trying to make a fist of Twitter. So if you do want to follow me on the old social stuff, uh, I would suggest following me on Twitter. Uh, I am at StorycastRob. And uh, you can also follow the hashtag... Written Blood and Silver, uh, where I put uh, any announcement I have about the podcast and episodes and chapters of Writ that happen to come out. Uh, I also have a Facebook fan page, uh, facebook.com slash storycastrob, I think, uh, and you can follow my blog if you feel that way inclined. It's mostly been used uh, for book reviews of late, uh, but you can also follow me there, Uh, www.storycastrob.co.uk slash wp because wordpress not sponsored hashtag i'm doing a hashtag with my hands but you can't really tell because it's a podcast anyway uh so there we go social media stuff i am all over it there we go Uh, chapter two uh, anyway back to back to things i actually want to talk about uh, written blood and silver now last month i talked at some length about uh, chapter 11 which is what i was reading to you last month and how i wasn't convinced whether it would go into the final novel or not and i've made the decision now i'm taking it out uh, so what you heard last month uh, you can think of it as alternate history you can think of it as um, a deleted scene uh, but uh, that chapter is not going to go into the uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it it just doesn't move things forward and i think we're far enough into the story now that i want to keep the momentum going so the chapter you're getting today chapter 12 will be the new chapter 11 uh, the version i'm going to be playing for you today is one i recorded last month before i decided to take chapter 11 out so it has just a couple of very passing references to the events in chapter 11 uh, which uh, i'm going to have to do, to edit out when i read when i uh, when i do the edits on that Uh, later on. Uh, But for now, anyway, you will hear a couple of references to the fight on the tube train that we had uh, with one of the Aberdeck last episode. As for news, uh, nothing new on the Inklings press front this month. We're still plugging away with Alternate Earths Volume 2. We've had a couple of extra setbacks. I won't bore you with them, uh, but it is still coming. It is still on its way. Uh, If you want to listen to another of my stories, uh, uh, episode 72 of the Word Count podcast available on iTunes and from rbwood.com. Uh, you'll, you can hear me read uh, a story called Cold Pursuit uh, in episode 72, uh, inspired by a photograph of two boats frozen in Boston Harbour. Uh, it's a short tale, but uh, quite funny. I, I think it's quite funny. I've also submitted another story to uh, a sci-fi round Table anthology, uh, that's just closed submission, so it's very early days on that one. will be a long time before we see that. And I don't even know if my story's been accepted yet, but uh, I'm rather pleased with it. Uh, a rather fun little tale called uh, An Inescapable Fate. Uh, F-E-T-E, because puns. But let's get on to uh, Written Blood and Silver, uh, which means I can say previously, On Writ in Blood and Silver, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Matt Chambers, a computer programmer in London 1999, has been having all sorts of problems with demons on the underground. This has resulted in him rather neglecting his girlfriend, his job, and uh, his friends, in an attempt to learn enough magic to take them on. Uh, Now, however, he is trying to reclaim parts of his life, and he's going to a party with his girlfriend, dressed as James Bond. Now, the continuation. Chapter 12. Writ in Tears and Steel have you seen kate what matt raised his voice to be heard over the overloud disco kate have you seen her she's here dressed as a witch i think justin was an old friend of kate's from work something media was all matt remembered but justin was a good sort for all that his clearly rented batman costume was a little baggy around the knees but at least he'd entered into the spirit of things are you sure? Justin shouted back. I've seen three witches, but none of them as Katie. Perhaps she changed. If you see her, tell her I'm looking for her. Sure thing, Commander. In fact, Matt was beginning to see that people had made a surprising effort with their costumes, and his tuxedo, substituting as a James Bond, was beginning to look like a cop-out. Matt had been sure that nobody really did costume parties anymore, but he was clearly mistaken. Some of the outfits tonight were amazing. People had obviously taken time and care over them. As the DJ played Mambo Number no. 5, Matt weaved his way through a pirate crew to get to the bar and order himself a beer. In a way, he was glad that Kate wasn't here just at the moment. Perhaps he'd get bonus points for arriving before her but mostly he was glad for a chance to unwind a little after the tense journey. He was glad of a beer before he had to confront Kate. He scanned the room looking for her. Justin was right. None of the witches here tonight were Kate. He ruled out the two girls dressed as demons too, and he began to realise that his newly trained instinct for demon hunting might get him into trouble all Halloween. Where could she be? There were some people in masks of course but Kate wasn't the mask type or maybe she was Don't know until you try he guessed Mr Bond Kate's voice from behind him We've been expecting you He turned and there she was shocking red lipstick tight red dress that stuck to her curves "'slit up one leg to reveal a high stocking "'with a plastic gun strapped to her thigh. "'Looking every inch, the classic Bond femme fatale. "'Gosh,' he said. "'And then a few moments later, "'when he gathered his thoughts enough to join back in the game again, "'he managed, "'Do you expect me to talk?' "'Kate grinned. "'No, Mr Bond. We expect you to dance. Come on!' "'She grabbed him by the hand and pulled him to the dance floor.' Thought you were coming as a witch, he said. Doofus, that's when you were coming as a wizard. Now shut up and dance. And for a while, Matt was perfectly happy. But as they retired, laughing, back to the bar, a slight niggle. Was Kate? Were they both trying a little too hard? There was a fragile quality to her laugh. Her smile only just touched her eyes. Matt paid for the drinks, but noticed that Kate was still scrabbling through her handbag looking for something. They took their drinks to a quiet corner. They kissed, and Matt sat close to her, enjoying being together for the first time in too long. Kate, he said, but he paused when Kate closed her eyes, tension clear on her face. "'I'm glad you're here,' she said, her eyes still closed. "'Of course I'm here. I... I need to apologise. I've not...,' she sighed. "'Not tonight, please. Can we keep tonight simple?' "'Matt swallowed, his mouth dry. That could only mean there was a complicated to have later. "'Sure.' "'He sipped his beer, and they sat together, not talking.' she let him take her hand. It's a good party, he said and winced a little. Small talk was not his strong suit and the comment just seemed to die on his lips. Yes. He looked down at her and saw she was staring at him. He tried to smile but it felt clumsy on his face. Did you cut yourself shaving? she asked. Matt put his hand to his throat where the Aberdeck's claws had left a fresh scar, like the wall on his cheek. It wouldn't be quick to heal. Broden, approved, seemed to view the scars as victory marks, but Matt hated them. Yeah, old razor. I got caught up at work, had to hustle to be ready to be here tonight. Should have been more careful. Kate traced them with a finger. They look like... Shaving cuts. Cuts from Shaving. Matt said too quickly and mentally kicked himself This evening was going downhill very quickly Kate closed her eyes again Held them closed for a moment I wanted tonight to be simple and fun Like things used to be Ouch I want that too I went to your flat tonight, you weren't there no, I had some catching up to do at work. I barely had time to change and shave before I came out. Must have missed you. She Shook both his hands and stared deep into his eyes, searching for something. I know you miss Dave, she said. What? What? But you mustn't blame yourself for what happened. I don't, he lied. I... "'I'm not sure what this has to do with.' "'He let the sentence trail off. "'It could only end in a place he didn't want to go.' "'She sighed, "'and it was the sound of someone squaring up to a difficult task. "'Matt, you know I love you. "'I want to help you. "'But I can't if you keep pushing me away. "'Your obsession with Dave's disappearance... Your belief that there are monsters on the underground, it's all part of the same thing. You've been pushing me away for months, ever since it happened. If you can't let me help you, well, perhaps I can find someone who can, a, a therapist. It was her turn to trail off. It's not about... It's not about, Dave, not really. The demons on the underground... What, A real... I'm the only one who can find and stop them. A therapist couldn't help, but how could he say that? Of course it is, Matt, please, she pleaded. With a start, he realised that Kate was on the verge of tears. Please, I told you, I went to the flat. The place is filled with scribbled maps of the underground. It's not healthy, Matt. You have to get help. Wait, what? No, it isn't. He carried a tube map with him at all times now and a notebook to make records, in a way honouring Dave. But he hadn't drawn the tube map ever. Kate scrabbled in her bag and pulled out a fistful of paper scraps, dozens of them, so many that she couldn't hold them all. Some fell back into her bag, others fluttered to the ground. Matt stared. He knew what they were. They're not, he began. Don't lie to me. Now she was crying. She sounded angry. No, she sounded desperate. She scrabbled through the fragments Matt had drawn of the symbol of Volnark, found one of the demon's horned head, and slammed it on the table. "'It's just a scribble,' he protested. "'A box, a line, nothing more.' But she didn't stop. Piece by piece she reconstructed the symbol of Volnark from his jigsaw of scraps. She knew what she was building, too. There was no hesitation. Duplicate pieces were discarded, unused.' stop he said he couldn't let her complete the symbol knew how dangerous that thing was it could let the demon in if it was complete it's just a meaningless doodle it's not important meaningless she stopped building the symbol it wasn't complete she had the head its back its three-pronged tail but not its warped belly i'm not an idiot and it's not meaningless she took out her lipstick And Matt watched horrified realisation creeping on him as she traced over the demon's back, from the tip of its horn to the end of the spines of its tail. And as she traced it in red, she chanted, Epping, Stratford, Liverpool Street, Bond Street, White City, Ealing Broadway, Matt, love, you've filled your flat with drawings of the Jubilee and Central lines. You can't tell me it's not about Dave and your obsession with the bloody underground. Please, you need help. Matt could only stare. Mechanically, he sifted through the remaining scraps and found a piece of the belly of the beast. Careful not to complete the symbol, he showed the fragment to her. This isn't part of the tube map. It is. The new ones they've been handing out all year, not like the old one you got from Dave. She pulled out a new tube map, waved it at him. It's the way the Jubilee line looks now the extension is about to be finished. I don't have a silver lipstick, so you'll just have to imagine it the right colour. Silver. Matt felt very, very cold. And stupid. And afraid. He stared at the map, stared and stared. They've printed a thousand of these, he asked but too quietly to carry over the music. He asked again louder, shouting, ''Have they printed a thousand of these?'' "A ''A thousand? Millions, I'd expect. Wait...'' ''You didn't know, did you? You didn't know what these doodles were?'' Kate looked confused. Matt scooped all the scribbles and dumped them into an ashtray. He flicked his thumb as though working a lighter to cover the small burst of magic he used to ignite them. He stood. I'm... I'm sorry, Kate. I have to go. No, Matt. Don't go. Please. We need to talk about this. We need to get you help. I can't deal with this anymore. I don't... I don't... I don't want she wiped away tears, straightened her shoulders and said with a voice of iron Matt I'm sorry you need help I want to be the one to help you I love you and want to be there for you but if you can't let me be there if you can't see the need for help I'm sorry I can't watch you destroy yourself like this Matt blinked trying to clear his eyes The truth will come only when he has destroyed himself, he quoted Wessex. I'm sorry, Kate. I am. I will get help soon. I'm sorry. I can't let you be around me. It's It's probably best you don't come around for a while. I'll call you. She didn't say another word, but he felt her eyes on his back as he retreated, no, fled, down the stairs from the private party, out through the main bar. He felt her eyes on him all the way back to the tube station, where he stood and looked, really looked, at the tube map. The updated map, the one with the Jubilee Line extension complete on it. The symbol of Volnark, nestled in the spaghetti of lines, clear as day to see. The symbol drawn in the blood red of the central line, and the silver grey of the Jubilee. It hadn't been written blood of silver a thousand times. It had been printed. It had been printed thousands of times, tens of thousands. No, Kate was right, millions. A tube map in every station, on the back of every A to Z, in the pockets of commuters and tourists alike, in the back of faxes or diaries, and not just in Britain either, potentially across the entire world in one form or another. We're too late, Matt said to the poster of the symbol of Volmark. We never had a chance. With the lead time on the printing of these things, chances were there'd been over a thousand of these in existence as proofs or early prototypes, even before the first time he'd seen an Aberdack. Matt traced a finger over the tube map, trying to remember Dave's original map of sightings, thought about how it would look with the extra sightings. He'd seen more of Volnark's minions on the central line, but it hadn't registered because it was the line Matt used the most. It made sense to encounter the demons most on that line. But now he thought. He didn't think he'd ever encountered any of the demons more than a stop or two away from either the central or Jubilee lines. The creatures were bound to the underground, couldn't leave it, and might even be bound to stay close to the central and jubilee lines. His mind whirred. That must be it. It explained why the man in red hadn't chased him out of Bond Street. It wasn't a dislike of sunlight. It was that he couldn't leave the underground at all. He wondered what would happen if one tried, and then realised that maybe he'd seen... When the move-down lady had attacked him at Stratford, she'd imploded. But only when she'd been reaching out to Matt on a train that wasn't part of the underground network. She'd tried to reach beyond what she was allowed to touch and had paid the price. Could it be that simple? ridiculous yes but Broden had drilled into him the demon's power was always encircled prescribed within the scope of its domain it was a thing to be feared but outside of its element you could have the upper hand could they use that use it somehow to beat Volnark because Wessex and Broden were both completely wrong "'They weren't here to stop Volnark rising. "'They'd missed that train by months. "'The demon's name had been written in blood and silver "'a thousand times a thousand times. "'Volnark was already here. "'And looking at the map, "'Matt was sure where it was. "'It was the only place that made sense, "'the first place that Matt had faced off against a man in red. "'At the very heart of the city.' in a place crossed by both the blood and silver of its prophecy. Bond Street Station. Matt had to see Broden and Wessex now, because the seeker had found. Ho, 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 and there we end chapter, now chapter 11 of Writ in Blood and Silver, and that was writ in Tears and Steel, and it was quite a turning point for the story. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm pretty excited to get it out there finally at long last uh, to get out the revelation of what the prophecy Written Blood and Silver is all about. Um, I just wanted to take a, a just while, we've, while we're finishing off the podcast today, I just want to take a couple of moments to talk about what I plan for the next few months uh, for Written Blood and Silver. <laughs> for Storycast Rob, Sorry. Uh, we've got one more chapter of in Blood and Silver to read to you. Uh, that chapter, chapter the new chapter 12, is called Council of War. Uh, it still ends on a cliffhanger, perhaps not quite as significant a one as this, but it still ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, I am still working on the novel. It's taken slightly longer than I expected to, uh, so I would kind of hope the novel will be finished by the time I finish reading. The chapter 2 is not quite. I'm working on chapter uh, 19 this week. Uh, And I think there are going to be 23 chapters uh, all told in the novel, certainly as it's planned out uh, at the moment. Uh, So what it means is that I'm not going to have this massive kind of, ha-ha, now you can read the rest moment. uh, Which is a bit of a shame, but there we go, that's life for you. Uh, But it does mean I'm going to have to spend a couple of months uh, with Storycast Rob not having new chapters written, blood and silver to read to you. So what I'm going to do over the next couple of months is take a, take a little time off reading my fiction for you. And we'll have a couple of shorter podcasts, um, which will be a little more informal, a little bit looser uh, than I tend to do these ones. Uh, and what I'm thinking I might do is I might read a couple of book reviews for you. I might talk a little bit about uh, how I got into audio as a medium uh, for taking in fiction. And talking a little bit about Big Finish and some of the uh, audio plays of theirs that I particularly enjoyed. Uh, the Doctor Who Big Finish and the Sherlock Holmes Big Finish are particularly brilliant. Um, so next month will be a regular Written Blood and Silver. It will be the final chapter uh, that I read to you of Written Blood and Silver. Uh, expect that sometime early March. And then we'll have a couple of months of informal chatty stuff uh, while I build up uh, the next batch of writing uh, so I've got some more uh, stories to read for you. I'm still really very determined uh, that Storycast Rob will continue to be once a month uh, even though I'm coming to the end of Written Blood and Silver So that's the plan I hope you guys stick around for it Uh, one more chapter of Written Blood and Silver whatever happens so uh, at least uh, stick around for that and I will catch you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers